Thank you for listening, but please be advised that I'm just an independent researcher on the topics I talk about. Always be skeptical and look into things for yourself. If you find that I was wrong about something, the best thing you can do for me is to let me know. You can do that at livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. Please also be aware of the fact that I swear shamelessly when frustrated or mad or excited or whatever. So listener discretion is advised. episode 96 of Living Through Extinction, a short to the point podcast with science and skepticism, environment and wildlife, or stuff I find interesting or important that I want to learn more about. Today I talk about how Republican voters have no idea what they are actually voting for anymore, a landslide that narrowly missed a Swiss mountain village, leafcutter bees, medical microbots, and the Republican manifesto for their next presidency titled Project 2025. If you've joined me before, then thank you for returning. I really do appreciate you. If this is your first time listening to Living Through Extinction, welcome. I hope you find it both fun and informative. The polls are in, and we now know what Republicans are looking for in a president. 85% want someone who will challenge woke ideas. 66% want someone who will oppose any and all gun legislation. 61% want someone who will say Trump won in 2020. And 57% just want someone who will make the libs mad. Talk about showing your colors. Y'all are so enveloped in your hatred for treating people equally that you've lost all sight of what a president is supposed to do. There is no governing in any of this. One of these four qualities that they are looking for is based on lies. Two are based on ignorance and bigotry. And one is based on pure delusion. Meanwhile, the Republicans have published their planned budget. And it's not just bad for those minorities Republican voters love to hate. Many of the policies they are not talking about but have put in writing for anyone who cares to review are detrimental to everyone, Republican voters included. Instead of talking about the actual cuts they plan to make, they rile up their base with baseless accusations against minority groups, which we should all note is a well-known tactic used by Hitler, Mussolini, and most other fascist leaders in history. They want to do what they want, so they don't talk about the stuff they want to do. Instead, they use made-up enemies to get their base angry enough to not look further into any of it. And it worked. Republican voters want to own the libs more than they care about the future of their children. Pretty fucked up, right? If you look at their budget, which they've put in writing, you will see what they are actually planning. And Republican voters should be pissed off that this shit is being kept from them. That they are being distracted away from what will ultimately be done to them. Here's just a little bit of their budget. Again, taken directly from them. Anyone can go confirm this shit. They want to take away Medicare's new power to negotiate drug prices. Their budget would end new caps on insulin pricing. Their budget would end protections for those with pre-existing conditions. Their budget would privatize Medicare. Their budget would slash ACA and Medicare, stripping healthcare from tens of millions of people. Their budget would end all funding to what they call the radical green agenda. This means cutting anything and everything that keeps the air and water clean. Their budget would give $5.1 trillion in tax cuts over 10 years to the richest people and to corporations. 
everyone else will definitely see their taxes go up as the rich continue to pay less and less of their share. They will abolish rent control. That happened here in Manitoba with the Conservative government. When I was renting, they weren't allowed to raise our rent more than 1% per year. Since that was abolished, it's become nearly impossible for a minimum wage individual to get a place of their own, or even several minimum wage individuals to get a place to share. The abolishment of rent control in Manitoba was probably one of the worst things done to the people of this province in the last 30 years. And let's not forget that one thing that Republicans promised the voters they would never, ever, under any circumstances do. Cut Social Security. The Republicans have promised to never cut Social Security. But they are. Their budget includes raising the eligibility from 65 to 67 years. So if you're expecting to start collecting two to three years from now, be sure to plan to add two more years to that if they regain power. And then, to top off all this bureaucratic bullshit about controlling our health and our finances. They have the nerve to have in the same document, quote, the key to growth and flourishing communities is freedom from the boundaries of government, unquote. In the same document where they talk about controlling us. The hypocrisy is unreal. What it is actually all about is freeing them from the boundaries of social construct. To these dumbasses, it's discrimination to discriminate against discriminators. It's intolerant to be intolerant of those who are not tolerant of others. It's persecution to not let people persecute others. It's opinion to not believe in scientifically proven climate change. These are not rational leaders. Vote skeptically, damn it. 86 people from the village of Brines in the Swiss mountains were evacuated in May after geologists warned that a landslide would likely be occurring in the very near future. Initially believing they would have until midsummer to get out, residents were surprised to be summoned to an emergency village meeting on May 9th and told they had just 48 hours. They weren't allowed back to their homes until June 7th and even then it was only for 90 minutes and they had to get out again. The landslide still had not happened at this point, and the people began complaining that they just wanted to go home to stay already, which is understandable, but it's a good thing that they were not permitted to. Around midnight on the night of June 15th, two-thirds of the million cubic meters of loose rock seen as a threat came down. While the village was not damaged, there would have certainly been people out and about in the areas hit if evacuation had not occurred. Helicopters have been up to evaluate the situation. It appears to have stopped just in front of the village. There's no obvious damage to homes or businesses. There are huge boulders blocking one of the main roads near the village school, but the school itself so far has been completely spared. It's still too dangerous for residents to head back, as there is still another third of that million cubic meters of rock above the village which is loose and could still come down. I learned about a new species of bee this past summer. I was turning the soil in my drum garden. I have some old bass drums filled with soil in my garden and I grow carrots in them. I never claim to be normal, okay? Anyway, I just pulled the last of my carrots and so was planning to plant again so we'd get some baby carrots for the bunnies. So I do the one drum and move on to the second. As I'm turning the soil in the second, some strange things start to come up. Rosebuds? What the fuck? I have squirrels that dig down and bury nuts and stuff pretty regularly, but I'd never seen anything like this before. As I turned the soil, there were more and more, and I didn't understand. So I finally picked one up and took a closer look at it. 
It wasn't a rosebud. It looked like one, but was made from nothing but leaves. I was about to start peeling the leaf layers of the one I was holding because I had no idea what it was and I'm a curious fuck when it violently vibrated in my hand. So I tossed it down screaming, as one does. When I got brave enough to pick up another one, I looked it straight down the supposed bud and inside this tight neat little leaf container is the face of a large insect looking back at me and I scream again and toss it away. I then ran into the house yelling and babbling about something scary in my drum garden. This is when I went to the local gardening site with pictures asking what the fuck and they answered there are over 1500 identified leaf cutter bee species worldwide. They are a solitary insect and one of the bee species which do not sting. Leaf cutter bees commonly make their nests in soft rotting wood which they can dig out or large hollow stemmed plants. In my case they went through the small holes in the sides of the bass drum and dug out their area to create their little leaf beds in the soil. Leaf cutter bees cut little circles out of nearby leaves and wrap them into tight little cells to lay their eggs in. Each leaf cell has a shape kind of like a freshly wrapped cigar. They're about an inch long and will have a single egg laid inside of each. Some pollen is also left in the cell for the baby to feed on when they hatch. They actually have an interesting way of organizing with those eggs that are to become females at the back of the nest and those to become males at the front. The ones I found must have been there for a while because they had what appeared to be nearly full grown bees in them. They certainly were not just eggs. That would not have scared me. These were big enough to make a strong vibration and for me to see what to my mind was a giant insect face looking back at me. Once I understood I found these leaf cells fascinating and kept trying to find where they were cutting their circles from. On a side note before I forget, sometimes leafcutter bees will cut their circles from flower petals instead of leaves. I love imagining these little insect sleeping bags made out of petals that must be super cool. I did eventually find the leaves they took their materials from when I trimmed my raspberry bushes at the end of the season. I've got some pictures and we'll try to think to post them. It's really cool. A friend even sent me a video of a bee doing the cutting. When I posted my pictures to the gardening site and people started telling me what I had here I got a lot of oh my god you are so lucky to have a leaf cutter bee nest in your garden. So I looked into them a bit more and apparently these are some of the best pollinators we can have in our yard. The US Agricultural Research Center says that one alfalfa leaf cutter bee can perform the pollinating equivalent of 20 honeybees. The threats to these particular bees are mainly habitat loss, degradation, disease, pesticides, climate change, and I have to add ignorance really. I mean if I had been informed of them previously as soon as I turned the soil and saw a single cell I would have backed off. My ignorance probably actually killed a whole bunch of them. I will know better if we ever get that lucky again. That's one less topic I'm ignorant on today than I was yesterday. So win. This and the next research segment and possibly even the one after that are about project 2025 particularly the project's Mandate for Leadership Manual. This is important information for anyone connected to North America to be aware of, but it's not easy to consume. Project 2025 consists of hundreds of pages and the Mandate for Leadership, which is the first pillar of Project 2025, is another 3000 pages. But it's important to know what's in there, especially if you vote Republican. Republican representatives are counting on their base being too lazy or too ignorant to bother reading these long tedious documents. This is their presidential transition agenda and it's out there for anyone to see and it's monstrous. I ended up dedicating a few weeks to it and I had to skip over several parts. 
I had zero chance of getting through every page of every section, make notes, and arrange those notes in time to record November episodes. What I did manage to read is going to have to flow into the next episode or two. Today, I talk about Project 2025, the mandate for leadership, and the purpose of it all, followed by information and direct quotes on their plans for different areas of government taken from two sections of the mandate for leadership. Those sections are the Department of Justice and the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Both are full of discriminatory anti-LGBT legislation. In the next episode or two, I'll be covering information from eight more sections of the mandate for leadership. Those will be the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, the DOA, Department of Energy, Intelligence, Media, Education, Labor, Human Rights, and the Department of Health and Human Services. Not necessarily in that order. Each of these sections have fascist atrocities laid out in them that are worth being aware of, so I do recommend you return to hear them all. So let's start with a simple explanation of Project 2025. The Heritage Foundation is an extremely influential group of far-right conservatives funded mainly by the Koch brothers. That's K-O-C-H, not C-O-K-E. If you've been following the rise of theocracy over the last seven years, you likely know exactly who the Koch brothers are. In April, the Heritage Foundation released its plans for the next Conservative One presidency. From what executive orders must be signed on the first day in office, to an extensive list of things to cancel and repeal in the first 180 days of the presidency. And we are looking at sending the country back to the 1920s, earlier even, particularly for women and people of color. We are looking at putting LGBT people back to living lives of quiet desperation and fear. Those responsible for putting this all together are made up of extreme right think tanks and fossil fuel corporations. And they show in their mandate for leadership that they only care about themselves and their businesses. The planet and the rest of us can go to hell. Fossil fuel industries plan to drastically boost fuel consumption in America with these plans. They don't care about the heat waves, wildfires, droughts, flooding, mega hurricanes, and other extreme weather events that people continue to be victims of. They just want to keep making it worse. People who make money off of fossil fuels should not even have a seat at the table when it comes to these discussions. They are as biased as anyone could possibly get. Listening to them on matters such as the environment is incredibly ignorant. The mandate for leadership clearly outlines the next conservative presidency, and the plan is to concentrate power and remove checks and balances that all previous governments have been limited by. These steps clearly coincide with those taken by every regime that ever dominated a democracy. If you read it, it quickly becomes very clear that their plans are a direct threat to the constitutional democracy of the United States. Project 2025 also talks about purging the federal bureaucracy of officials deemed to be insufficiently loyal. Do you understand what that means? They have used this term before. It was called the LGBT purge. There was one in the US and there was one in Canada. They want another LGBT purge of people in office, but plan to throw in anyone who aligns Democrat as well. The word purge is not being used by accident. It also talks about purging civil service of all perceived political enemies, and it advises that checks and balances of the Constitution be ignored in accomplishing this. Project 2025 has the audacity to call the Democrats the permanent political class. 
If that were so, they would be the ones putting these fascist plans into action, making it as difficult as possible to vote, and ending legit elections. Democrats have never tried to do that, yet Republicans have, in writing, that they are trying to do that. And they have the nerve to call Democrats the permanent political class. What the actual fuck? A quote from their introduction. We have two years and one chance to get it right. Unquote. Again, nope. The left will continue to be a legit democracy, so even if they win the next election, the right will always have a chance to try again. They have all the chances in the world to get the regime in place. We, on the other hand, just have to lose one time, and we will never be free again. That is what this mandate for leadership comes down to. Other parties will be dissolved, there will be one ruling government class, and there will be nothing the people can do about it beyond war. Another quote from the introduction. More and more of our conservative politicians are willing to use the government to achieve our vision because the neutrality of keeping the government out of it will lose every time to the left's vast power. Unquote. What a bunch of propaganda garbage. What's this even mean? Well, because they don't get the votes to do what they want, once they get the power, they're just going to force it on everyone. That's what this means. They don't want people not like them to have a say. That's not a democracy. And that reveals one of their biggest lies. They claim all the time to be against big government and for small government. They claim all the time that the government should stay out of people's families and lives. What I just read directly from their website shows that they want total government control. Literally the opposite of what the Republican voters think they are voting for. Project 2025 says that it is based on four pillars. The first pillar of Project 2025 is the production of the policy book Mandate for Leadership, which they have already completed. I will be quoting from it a lot during this in the next episode or two. It outlines their vision of success for each federal agency once under their control. Project 2025 makes it very clear that the conservative presidential candidate will not be able to ignore what the conservative movement demands of them in the mandate for leadership. The second pillar of Project 2025 is the creation of an online personnel database which will operate as a conservatives-only LinkedIn. The purpose is said to be so rock-solid conservatives can place themselves in contending for roles in the next administration. The third pillar of Project 2025 is the Presidential Administration Academy. Project 2025 outright admits that when conservatives get into office, they're often incompetent. That wasn't the word they used, but it's what they say when explaining the need for the Presidential Administration Academy. This academy is described as consisting of interactive on-demand training sessions, which will turn future conservative political appointees into experts in governmental effectiveness. Of course, they leave out that they're talking about an effective totalitarian government. An effective theocracy, not a government of free people. The fourth pillar of Project 2025 is to take the policies expressed in the Mandate for Leadership from Pillar 1 and to create implementation plans for each independent agency to have to advocate to the incoming administration. Again, this is totalitarian government talk. Independent agencies are there for checks and balances for continuing free government in a continuing free nation. And when a fascist regime takes control, one of the first things they do is put all of these under them. This is about removing the checks and balances required to maintain a free society under this government. A quote from their fourth pillar explanation. How can we effectively use the mechanisms of the government to face our most challenging problems? 
unquote. Now, we know what they consider their most challenging problems, right? Minorities. Right now, particularly LGBT people and drag queens. So they want to use the mechanisms of the government to handle these people. The same people who falsely call being LGBT an ideology are literally planning to create an entire government based on an ideology. Facts don't matter at all. Christian theology that goes with their agenda? All good though. Free nations are governed based on facts, not ideologies. And the fact that LGBT people exist? That's not an ideology. Choosing not to treat them equally as human beings? That's an ideology. The fact that they are human beings is not. Get the difference? Another quote directly from Project 2025. It is not enough for conservatives to win elections. If we are going to rescue the country from the grip of the radical left, we need both a governing agenda and the right people in place ready to carry this agenda out on day one of the next conservative administration. Unquote. And now we know why they throw agenda around all the time with the LGBT communities. They've shown themselves to be huge deflectors, and what they accuse others of is usually what they have planned all along. It is they who actually have an agenda. And they call it such again and again in their own documentations. Meanwhile, LGBT people literally just want to be able to exist without having to live a lie. And maybe have some equal representation. Another quote. Children suffer the toxic normalization of transgenderism with drag queen and pornography invading their school libraries. Unquote. Jesus fucking Christ, what a bunch of bullshit. Nobody is suffering the normalization of trans and gay people. It is normal. And the social normalizing of it has saved kids' lives. I know this because I personally know people who were saved by the education system informing them that they weren't alone. That there are other people like them. And while they are different from the majority, they're still very much normal and very much worthy. This education saves lives, and it sure as fuck doesn't make kids trans or gay. It just helps those who are trans and gay to understand, and helps those who are not to understand that there are people who exist who are different from them. Project 2025 and the Mandate for Leadership use dehumanizing language aimed at LGBT people throughout the thousands of pages. In an interview, Sasha Buchert, director of the Non-Binary and Transgender Rights Project, said, quote, they're never talking about transgender people or gay and lesbian people. It's always referring to them as an ideology of some kind or an ism. There is no humanity involved. Unquote. Only monsters treat fellow human beings this way. Their religious beliefs are an ideology. The existence of these human beings is not. Another quick side point. We can prove and have proven that gay and trans people definitively exist. Nobody in history has ever been able to do that for any god, including theirs. None of this leads to a free nation. What they want is a nation of people who are compliant. Project 2025 and its mandate for leadership are a direct attack on democracy, the environment, and working people. Said by Paul Danz, director of Project 2025. We are systematically preparing to march into office and bring a new army of aligned, trained, and weaponized conservatives ready to do battle against the deep state. Unquote. These are official government documents. Most reasonable folk realize that the deep state, as Republicans like to speak of it, doesn't even exist. This is QAnon legislation. 
Project 2025 calls for welfare to be eliminated, saying that it has no claim to First Amendment protections. It also calls to repeal the Infrastructure and Investment Jobs Act. It is very anti-union, very anti-worker. The Republican voters think that Trump and the Republican government are the ones on the side of the worker. That's so ridiculous it's not even funny. Read what they actually stand for, you dumbasses. The average worker is going to be more fucked than ever before in U.S. history the next time Republicans get a new office. Again, the far-right extremists who authored these steps to their regime are counting on their voters not reading it. They are counting on their voters to just believe what they have to say about it and leave it at that. If you listen to my episode on past dictatorships and how they formed, you will recognize a whole lot of steps to fascism throughout the mandate for leadership. So let's get into that next. Since today began with explaining Project 2025 itself, I'm only going to cover a couple of sections this episode. Come back in two weeks for coverage of several more. Let's take a look at the section of the mandate for leadership on the Department of Justice. One specific point of concern is that all civil offices are to be moved to the Office of Justice, further limiting checks and balances. If you read through this section of the manifesto, there's one thing that will stand out very harshly, and that's the fact that every time they speak of equality or inclusiveness, they call it discrimination. It's the classic, you treating me differently because I discriminate is discrimination against me! Bullshit. Or the one I got from a family member of my own. You're intolerant of people who are intolerant of others. Like, do you people hear yourselves? Another point made under the Department of Justice section is that the FBI is no longer to question the president. Again, getting rid of the checks and balances that keep a nation free. This section also promises to institute a huge range of criminal penalties for very subjective situations. Purveyors of pornography and child predators and pornography itself is to be outlawed. Producers and distributors of said pornography are to be imprisoned. Educators and public libraries who purvey them should be classed as registered sex offenders. You realize that all this is for having books on inclusion. And that's no joke. Have you heard what these people call pornography? Many of them have hollered pornography over two people the same sex holding hands in a book. Many of them have hollered pornography over books with information on our bodies. Many have hollered pornography over books with LGBT characters in them. Many of them even called Drake Queen story times pornographic. This is subjective to a governmental leader's whim. There is no freedom in that, nor is there any reason or rationality. What they call pornography is just whatever goes against what they personally like at the time. And innocent people are going to end up in jail because of this. It goes on to say that telecommunications and technology firms that facilitate its spread, meaning pornography, should be shuttered. This is so hypocritical. Every man I know my age who votes conservative today watched porn growing up. And the most religious and conservative states in the U.S. consistently have the highest usage of online porn. Also, stop calling yourself small government if you're going to make consensual adult entertainment illegal for adults. Moving on to another section. The Department of Housing and Urban Development. Let's start with a direct quote taken from this section. The positive role of faith-based programs should be protected and prioritized so that these programs do not receive undue scrutiny of pressure to conform to non-religious definitions of marriage and family." Unquote. That, folks, is a theocracy. Theocracies are not free nations. This section goes on to talk about social science as they discuss men and women, husband and wife, mother and father families. 
let's be clear here. They know nothing of social sciences. They just like to co-op words because they know their base won't look them up. Again, Republican politicians talking about stuff they truly know nothing about. Just using fancy words that don't even mean what they infer they mean. Another direct quote from this section. Programs should affirm that children require and deserve both the love and nurturing of a mother and the play and protection of a father. Unquote. Really? The father doesn't love and nurture? The mother doesn't play and protect? Fuck off. There's all sorts of shit through this section about rewarding men and women who affirm faith-based marriage. Again, it's all very theocratic. Get this. When the social representative for global women's health is replaced, the new appointee should, quote, proudly state that men and women are biological realities that are crucial to the advancement of life sciences and medical men and women are the ideal natural family structure, unquote. This completely ignores the fact that intersex people exist. Are they supposed to just not have love and family like LGBT folk? Fucking bigoted assholes. As soon as they don't understand something, they turn it into an enemy rather than even trying. These things really aren't that hard to grasp. People are people and deserving of love and respect so long as they continue to show themselves to be worthy of said love and respect. It's not that hard. Also, I bet some of you listening can't even remember what the heading of this section was because nothing in here seems to have anything to do with it. All this anti-LGBT rhetoric is in the Department of Housing and Urban Development section. They really did do their best to insert it into every section of this fascist manifesto that they could. That's all the sections I can mentally handle covering for today. Please tune in to the next episode or two to hear about the atrocities found in the sections about the EPA, the DOA, intelligence, media, education, labor, human rights, and the Department of Health and Human Services. Remember, nobody has to believe me. They are so sure that their base will not bother to read it that they have published it online for all to see. Their mandate very clearly puts theocracy and hierarchy over freedom, just as Hitler and Mussolini did. Parties, especially parties of democratic nations, should grow and evolve. The Republican Party, however, has been stuck in the same place since the 1980s, and now they want to take their country back another 60 years or even more. The next time they get into power, they will create the permanent political class that they accuse the Democrats of being. Unless the Republican Party has a major overhaul, the next time conservatives get into power, the people of America will never be free again. Not without war, anyway. Microbots to the rescue again. Engineers have created microbots which can move themselves quickly and easily through liquids, with the goal of using them to deliver medicine to difficult-to-reach parts of our bodies. There are also plans of use which would help to avoid invasive surgeries. Their bots are 20 micrometers wide. To put this in a way most of us can envision, that's much smaller than the width of a human hair. The testing so far has been done on interstitial cristitis in mice. Interstitial cristitis is a painful bladder syndrome which affects a lot of people. The main symptom is intense pelvic pain and the treatments are long and unpleasant. The patient has to endure several weeks of having a strong dexamethasone solution introduced directly into the bladder using a catheter. That sounds awful. And it's an example of the way these bots could be used to get the medicine where it needs to go without having to go through all that. They would enter the body via a pill or injection, then self-navigate to the part of the body where the medicine or treatment is required. In the trials which were done, clusters of microbots containing concentrated amounts of dexamethasone were introduced to the bladders of mice. 
Once the microbot reaches its destination, it adheres to the wall and releases the medicine, and it can be programmed to gradually release specific doses over a period of two days. These are early stages, so it's not ready for humans yet, but this is where all the best treatments begin. The work to date has been published in the journal Small. I think that's another new one for me. I am done for today. Please consider subscribing to the YouTube for short weekly skeptical videos. Thank you for joining me. May your health and sanity continue to be replenished daily. My eternal gratitude goes out to the following people. Jason Martin for helping me get started on this project almost four years ago. I wouldn't be doing this right now if not for him. Kathy Rayner for her musical contribution on the violin. Paul Palmer for his musical contribution on the guitar. He can be found at WPG Suitcase Drummer on Instagram. Dustin Harder for composing and recording the intro and outro for the show. You can find him on Instagram at Prairie Soul Music. And finally, thank you to my household for putting up with me. I love you all lots. I hope you will choose to join me again in two weeks for episode 97 of Living Through Extinction. If you enjoy Living Through Extinction and would like to support the show, the best ways to do so are to subscribe and rate and to comment and like positive comments on your favorite podcast player, or you can help out by following, liking, and sharing on all the social medias. The show can be found under Living Through Extinction on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, Pinterest, and TikTok, and under LTE Pod on Blue Sky, Hive, Tribal, and Twitter. There's also a Patreon at patreon.com slash livingthroughextinction. There you can earn stickers, pins, masks, and more, as well as help me to plant some trees. If you have any comments, corrections, questions, or suggestions, please email them to livingthroughextinction at gmail.com or message me through one of the social medias. 